Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 276 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Really excited to be back with another episode. We're going to be answering a great question from a listener today. First, quickly, I want to thank the most recent reviewers of the Essential Tennis Podcast on the iTunes Music Store. Uh, we've got three since the last episode. Uh, Soaz Minor, Taran RV, and Coach Betts. Uh, apologies for any mispronunciations there, but thank you so much for your support, all three of you, for leaving feedback. Really appreciate it a great deal. So today we're going to be talking about what to do when you don't feel tennis improvements. How do you, how do you know you're getting better? And should you feel like you're getting better? It's kind of the larger question here. Uh, today's question comes to us from a listener. I believe it was Susan. Sorry, I didn't I look this up ahead of time, but I'm pretty sure it was Susan. I uh, wrote in and said, hi, Ian. Do you ever come across a student that no matter how many lessons you give them, they just can't get it? I have a one-handed backhand. My instructor works with me once a week for most of the hour that I'm there on my backhand, but I just don't feel that much improvement. She put feel in quotes. I've been taking lessons since August. And also, just for context, I cut out a little bit, but this question asker asker is 67 and has some physical limitation uh, due to uh, a back surgery, but she's pretty sure she should be able to continue improving even though she, she has some, some limitation there. So what do you do when you don't feel like you're improving? Like, like you're improving? Well, first of all, let's define getting it. And I think there's kind of two versions of not getting it. And I see them both all the time. There's micro, don't get it, and macro, don't get it. And let's just define those really quickly so we're sure that we're on the same page. So small picture or uh, more granular or micro, not getting it is in the moment, during instruction, when a student just doesn't get an instruction or an explanation or a certain movement, it just doesn't make sense and doesn't click right away. And I want to be, just from the, from the get-go here, want to be clear that every student experiences that. Every time somebody flies here to Milwaukee to work with us, they experience, to one degree or another, not getting it. And that's just natural. It's a natural part of the learning process. It's impossible to learn anything new, especially a physical discipline, a physical skill like tennis, without some level of floundering around and just not understanding, not having things click, and just not getting it. And there's many reasons for this. Uh, one is kind of our, our own self-limitations of self-awareness and kinesthetic awareness, being, in other words, having a good sense of what we're doing with our bodies. But also, this happens because every person learns at least a little bit differently. Some people learn extremely well in an auditory fashion when th things are being explained to them ver verbally. 
Other players learn best through kinesthetic learning or physically being guided through the new movement so that they can feel it. Uh, other people are more visual and they learn the best when they're, they have a good demonstration in front of them. And the pro goes out there and hits the big, impressive, powerful forehand into the, into the corner and it thumps against the back curtain. And some people can see that and they, it just kind of makes sense to them and it clicks and then they can go and do it, you know, relatively close to the same way and just kind of clicks that way. Uh, some people love illustrations or analogies, you know, it's supposed to feel like this, like turning a doorknob or whatever. Some people are more on the feel end of the spectrum. Other people are more logical and they kind of need the science. They need to hear the explanation of why the body moves this way, why, why this is the right way. If they don't hear the explanation, then it just doesn't make sense. They don't buy into it. And so there's never any understanding and they don't really improve because they don't really buy into it. So there's just a quick list of different ways that humans can prefer to learn. And it's the job of the teacher to use the mode that matches with each student the best. Of course, it would be helpful if you know yourself how you learn the best, and that way you can communicate with your teacher. But this is what makes being a, a tennis teacher so interesting, fascinating, and sometimes entertaining is that every student's a little different and you have to learn how to facilitate for each and every student in a little bit different way. You have to learn how to explain it a little differently or show it a little differently or have a student feel it a little differently than maybe every other student you've ever taught before. Even if you've been teaching for 10, 20, 30,000 hours on the courts, every student's a little bit different. And this is where it's important to find a coach that is open-minded and is not rigid or dogmatic in how he or she approaches the learning process. Because if there's not flexibility, if, there, if it's my way or the highway, and they're unwilling to make any kind of change to facilitate a different kind of learner, then only a very narrow kind of student will work effectively with that coach. And this is why some, at some clubs, and you'll probably resonate with this if, if you are in kind of a tennis club environment, this is why some members at a certain club will swear by X pro while other members are like, oh, seriously, I can't, can't believe you like that, that pro. I, I go with Y pro. And they just strongly gravitate towards one or the other. And maybe there's, there's even kind of a culture of this pro's students kind of versus that pro's students. It's, it's because of this. It's because a lot of times there's personalities and egos involved. A certain coach only coaches a certain way. And so only certain students really work well with that kind of coach. Okay, so that's the micro don't get it, is uh, kind of in the moment, uh, more granular learning styles and coaching styles and just not meshing and not understanding. Now, there's a macro don't get it as well. And this means over the weeks, months, or maybe years of instruction, there's no improvements. There's no advancement. 
despite an honest, full effort by the student. Now, this is important. This is an important qualifier. The student has to be fully open and receptive and buy into the process and put in the work and needs to be receptive to maybe different ways of trying or thinking about or understanding or experiencing different strokes on the courts. If the student is fully open to those experiences and buys into the learning process and and fully commits to doing what the coach is suggesting and teaching and the way that the coach is guiding the student, if that's present, then if long-term improvement isn't happening, then the coach is falling short. Now, it, it could fall short on either side of the equation. The coach and the students have equal responsibility. The, and this is when a coach and a student really mesh together, it's a beautiful thing because the, the student is coming fully open, fully respect, uh, receptive, full effort and attention and focus. And w- when the coach brings that same level of intensity and passion, it's, it's an amazing thing because there's just kind of a synergy that's present. The coach loves coaching. The student loves learning. And it's, a, it's an amazing thing. And just as kind of a sidebar, I, I count myself extremely blessed that the vast, vast majority of the time that I go onto the court now, that's the experience that I have. And uh, it, we're just in a position now where the, the quality of the students we get is exceptional and uh, super, super grateful for that. So if you're listening and you've, you've worked with me in person, uh, please know that I appreciate you because we, we have just excellent, excellent students and it makes our job very easy, which is great. But please know that there are situations, this happens all the time, where the student is bringing everything to the table that they're responsible for, and the teacher is not open enough to change the mode of learning to facilitate the student. And this this happens all the time. As I mentioned a minute ago, egos get in the way, personalities get in the way, it is what it is. And so students need to be aware of this, A, and then B, when they sense that there's a mismatch and over time your way of learning just doesn't mesh with how the, this particular coach is open to, to teaching, then you've, you need to move on and find somebody else. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. You're not uh, making a personal judgment against the coach. It's just, it is what it is. And not everybody is a fit for everybody else, just like relationships in uh, real life. It's not pr- reasonable or, or practical or realistic to expect that everybody's going to get along with everybody or that everybody's going to mesh the, at the same level. So just, just be aware of that. So there's quick explanations there of micro not getting it in the moment, uh, individual instructions or methodology not just not making sense or lining up with the learning style. And then there's kind of basically that micro uh, not getting it drawn out over time leads to an extended period of non-improvement because there, there's there's no advancement due to the uh, kind of butting heads of two different ways of, of thinking or experiencing on the court, learning and teaching. So that's the not getting it part. And I want to be really clear before I move on to the feel part of it, that every student doesn't get it, doesn't get it 
all the time, and I don't, I don't, by all the time, I don't mean literally every time. There are times when a coach gives an instruction or gives a demonstration or explains something or guides a student through something, and a student just gets it right away. Please, please know and be realistic about the fact that that is in a minority of instances. And I'm talking about just across amateur athletes in general. Uh, we've, we've done a lot of one-on-one work with students over the last year or two. I can only think of one student who everything just made sense for this student. And just whatever we asked this student to do, they just did it. And we could just systematically progress from progression to progression to progression, and everything just worked, with the exception of one stroke. Uh, That is a rare, rare exception. Even with exceptional coaching, you will not just get it most of the time. And that's fine, and that is part of the process, because we're talking about changing habits. At the end of the day, that's what we're doing, improvement takes taking what you're used to, doing something different, aka something that's outside of your comfort zone, and then consciously choosing that new thing over the old habit. And that is very difficult to do, even with extremely skilled and and talented coaches or teachers who are excellent at their job. It's still difficult to make those changes. So, When should you feel improvement or should you feel improvement at all is maybe a better question. And the first note here, I kind of skipped ahead. It's a misnomer that the right movement, aka a better technique, should feel improved right away. Let me repeat that because it's really, really important. It's a misnomer that the right movement or a better movement, better technique should feel improved right away. And that's because at first, that correct or new or better movement feels wrong because it's not what you're used to. It's outside of your comfort zone. And that's the point. You do not get better at tennis by continuing to do what you've always done. Period. And leaving your comfort zone no matter how improved the new thing is, almost always feels weird or strange or wrong at first because it's different. You must take this to heart and you must really kind of buy into this because otherwise, if you have the attitude that just because it's better, it should feel great and you should feel improvement right away, if, if that's the expectation you go into a lesson with, then every time you do anything outside of your normal habit, you'll kind of retreat back to what you're used to. And of course, over the long run, you will never improve. You'll improve at the way you've already done it. You'll get more precise, maybe more consistent at the way that you already swing, but you will not change your swing from one swing to another one. You will not change your swing from your current level of execution to a better level of execution if you always expect the new and better thing to feel improved right away. Please know that usually it won't. Sometimes it will. You know, I, I have absolutely experienced a student trying something for the first time and saying, oh, wow, that feels great. Usually there's a look of, of, um, 
confusion on my students' faces when they try the improved thing for the first time because it feels different and strange and weird. I need to be really, really super clear about that. So at first, you probably won't feel like you're improving. And it's only through focused, purposeful repetitions of the right movement that something that starts off feeling wrong starts to feel right. Let me be really, really clear about my next statement. The only things that feel right to us are what we're used to, aka what's familiar. And so it's only through many focused, purposeful repetitions of the new movement that the new improved stroke or movement starts to feel right or it starts to feel, quote, improved because it starts to feel familiar and it's something that we can get comfortable with because we've done the right number of repetitions at the right quality of repetition. And you need both. A new movement only becomes habit through both of those variables. The right quality of repetitions, your focus isn't bouncing around across four different tips and it, meaning you're just focusing on one thing, whatever the new thing is on your forehand or your backhand or your serve. And while staying focused on that one thing, you need a certain number of reps. And that number is different for every player, depending on your level of awareness, your level of athletic um, ability and experience. The number of reps is different, but the quality must be there. You do not improve without both of those at the same time, the quality of reps and the number of reps together. Super critical. And it's only through that process that you can move something new from feeling wrong to feeling right or feeling weird to feeling improved and familiar, more comfortable and better. So Susan and everybody else listening, my number one piece of advice for you here, Susan, through, through her question, it was very clear that she's not sure. She's not sure if she's getting it or not. And she said here, I just don't feel that much improvement. Here's the thing, Susan, you're guessing. You don't know. Please don't go on feel. Because if I've learned anything over the last year of really focusing on, on private coaching, we're, as humans, I'm grouping myself in this, in this statement, we're terrible at feeling what's actually happening in reality. I can tell you, student after student after student has terrible awareness of what they're actually doing. They would swear they're doing one thing, but thank God I'm standing there with the iPad recording every single movement so I can walk right over and say, this is what you actually did. So please don't leave it up to feel and don't leave it up to chance. Don't even leave it up to the word of your teaching pro. Don't leave it up to what they say. See for yourself, please. I, I just, I really can't emphasize that enough. If, you're, if your teacher hasn't shown you before and after results and you basically feel like you're hitting the same shot, I, I would wager very, very large sums of money that you're probably doing exactly the same thing you, that you used to months ago when you started. 
And that's not being that's not me being like cynical or uh, or negative or talking down to anybody. I'm just purely going based on my uh, experience with students, seeing how low the quality of of awareness is by most amateur athletes, and how strong the pull is to go back to what we're comfortable with as humans, not just in tennis, but in anything, in everything in life. Putting all those things together. If you're not sure and you haven't seen any kind of proof, then you might as well assume that you're probably doing the same thing that you were weeks or months ago. If you, if you, if you haven't gone through any of the process that we've talked about in today's episode, starting off feeling very weird and different or maybe even wrong, and then slowly repetition after repetition, getting more familiar, more comfortable, and doing something different than what you did before, then your basic fundamentals are probably exactly the same. Uh, the last thing I want to throw in, just to wrap up today, find a good teacher and trust in their process. It takes trust to move away from what you're comfortable with and do something different. It's, it's tough to find a really good coach, but when you do, trust what they ask you to do. And especially if they're showing you with video and saying, Here's like an ultimate standard. And look, what you just did that felt so weird. Look at how great that looks and how similar it looks to X, Y, or Z example that I'm putting next to you. Once, once you start to see that proof, just allow yourself to totally let go of what you're used to, totally let go of your comfort zone, and go headfirst into the process of improvement. If you're not sure, then ask for proof or get the proof yourself using your phone and a $10 tripod from Amazon and record yourself and see what you're doing. Don't go based on feel because feel is extremely, extremely misleading. So Susan, hopefully this is helpful to you and everybody else listening. Hopefully this gives you some perspective, gave you maybe a little bit different way of thinking about trying different things, thinking about the improvement process, If you're listening to my voice right now, thank you for spending time listening to this episode. There's nothing more valuable or precious than your time, and I don't take that for granted. For more free game-improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com, where you'll find hundreds of video, audio, and written lessons. Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube, where we are the number one resource in the world, providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care and good luck with your tennis.